Amen. Why do we give a round of applause for our musicians in the building right now? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you may be seated in the house today. Um, um, yeah. Before I even get into my message, I really feel like there's an expectancy in the room to, today. And I love it when we are expectant because nothing happens if we don't expect anything to happen. So right now, I just want to raise the level of ex expectancy just a tad bit higher. So look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. this word this is, for is for you. Now look to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. as for this one, it's not even for me, you know, but it's for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you, Lord, for using me to speak today in my name, Jesus Christ, amen. And the church said? Amen. So... I would like to give a testimony my, myself, um, you know, um, it's just a one that is very simple, but to me it's like, because I've been ill over the, week, the weekend, um, I decided to sleep bare-chested and leave my window open, because I thought it was summertime, and I woke up to a rude awakening, um, and since then I've just been ill, like proper ill, like those that have spoken to me, um, yeah, even now, I'm sure you can really hear my voice. Now. Man's, man's a bit ill, but um, God has kept me and sustained me and given me the strength to even deliver this message today. You know what I'm saying? So that just means there's a specific assignment for, for this room today. And I know that the Lord is the, is the only one that's able to take a message for everyone, but relay it as if it was just for you. So I'm just excited to share this word today. So... Before I even get into my word, we are in a series called Something New. Everyone say Something New. And I really feel like there's people here who are in just a new phase of their life. They're about to step into something new or they are becoming something new. Whatever the case may be, there's just this form of newness. And I really feel like the Lord has given me a word in season for this because we we were in a totally like like series called the king's gate and all of a sudden when august came stuff just had to switch up like just like that like we had we had like one week to find a new place we had one week to find this and do this just newness and sometimes newness can can seem a bit scary but Studying the word of God, there's, there's things that could help us navigate this new season. So I'm, I'm taking it back to the Old Testament, and we're starting from Exodus. You know what I'm saying? So I'm reading from Exodus 13, 17. Exodus 13, 17. And I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. And it's something like this. Then it came to pass. Everyone say, then it came to pass. Now pause. After I read that, the Holy Spirit stopped me there. Because these were the people of Israel who were in slavery for a long time. Asking God, God, where would our help ever, like, when is it showing up? When would we ever be free from this situation? When would we ever arrive at the promised land that you once spoke about? We've been stuck in this situation for a long time. But then the scripture says, then it came to pass. Everyone say, then it came to pass. Came to 
that tells me that a time will come in our lives where we will be able to say it came to pass. I want you to think about yourself whole. Think about yourself free from addiction. It will come to pass. Think about yourself being able to make decisions based off, off of the whole version of you and not the insecure version of you. It will come to pass. Think about yourself being able to, to not have um, bitterness in your heart and you're able to walk in love and you, and you forgive those that wrong and it came to pass. Think about the version of yourself where you would like to be and it's like, when would this ever arrive? It will come to pass. And that right there is healing for someone now. Because you feel like the space you're in, it will always be like, like this. But I'm here to remind you or let you know f- for the very first time, it will, it will come to, to pass. The promise of God for your life, it will come to pass. Everyone say, it will come to pass. So these people were in slavery for a long time. Then the Bible says, then it came to, to pass. My first point. If Orion was right this point, point down. In the season of something new, it will always come to pass. Whatever it is for, for you, whatever it is that you're hoping that will come to pass, the version that you're able to stand firm and really walk in purity and that you're not led by every nice thing that you see and you're able to be a man of God and you're able to say no and walk in the Holy Spirit, it will come to pass. Where you're able to, to really... Um, Use your, your pain as a fool for your next and not use it as an excuse to be stuck in your ways. It will come to pass. Where you're able to run to God and not run to the things you feel can satisfy you. That version, it will come to pass. In the season of something new, it will always come to pass. So what came to pass? Next slide. Then it came to pass... When, the, when Pharaoh had let the people go, but hear this, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So now these people were enslaved for a long time. And it finally comes that, like, Moses has come and, and cool, like, we're Go into the promised land. But the Bible says, God, everyone say God. God. This was not the enemy. God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Next verse. So God, everyone say God, God. led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army. Basically, after they left Egypt, there was an easy and straight way that they they could have took. But the Bible says God did not lead them that, that way. God took them through a roundabout way. God took them the long way. He took them the way that's like, ah, like I can literally see that if we go straight, I'm going to arrive at the place like, but why am I going through? Why 
does it seem like I need to go through rejection after? Like, why does it feel like I need to take the long way just to get to where I'm supposed to, 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 to go? And many times, when we feel a detour in our life, we somehow equate that to the enemy. Like, maybe he's trying to delay me, like. Maybe I need to pray and fast more. Like, maybe there's things I need to do to reach. The Bible says this was not the enemy. This was God who led them around a long way. And it was for a reason which would find out. My next point. In the season of something new, the detour is designed. It's not by mistake that they, re they rejected you. It's not by mistake that they left you. It's not by mistake that you made a plan with a partner and they left you halfway and now they've left you to, to, to come up with solutions and it's made you weak in your faith. It's not by mistake. The detour is designed. God purposefully takes you on a journey that is not the supposed route just to get you to your destination. And we give the enemy too much credit this was not the enemy. This was God. Could it be that the detour you're experiencing is designed by God? I'm an example of a detour that was de 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 designed. Some of you may, may know, some of you may not, not know, but I was a fo fo footballer, right? Playing ball heavy, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> Emmanuel don't believe that I, I was a footballer, but it's cool. <laughs> I, was a fo I, was, I was playing ball. Heavy, to the point where I had the opportunity to sign pro for a team in, um, in um, America, or Lando. I go there, um, and um, let's say the trial starts on a Friday, right? So I, so I go and I train on a Wednesday, you know what I'm saying? And I injure my left leg, yeah? I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I, at least I play with my right leg, so at least I have one good leg, you know what I'm saying? And I'm from the UK, like, all I need to do is show them a little, like, you know what I'm saying? Bear in mind, this is something that I had, I had fasted for, prayed for, for the Lord to open up a door, and it feels like I'm standing right here. So first day, I'll go train. Left leg gone. The next day, I'll go train. Right leg is gone now. And the trial starts the next day. Bear in mind, I've been in um, America for like a year now. And I asked God, God, if, you were, if I was going to get injured, yeah, why the day before the trial? Couldn't I have got injured months before so that by the time, like, and I remember that day my, my dad rang, rang me and said, yo, like, how's it going? And me knowing well that I can't play, my response was, it is well. <laughs> so to cut a long story short, obviously I weren't able to play in it, so I weren't able to sign the deal. So I come back to the UK now. I'm thinking, God, what do I do with my life now? You know what I'm saying? I've worked so hard for this. In that injury time, I'm on my way to Birmingham, to a party, I was even going to a party, you know what I'm saying? Back in the day, I was outside like that, you know what I'm saying? 
I'm going to a rave now, yeah, with, with my friend. And we're speaking on the train, randomly. And he says to me, bro, like, I don't really feel like I belong in church, you know. And this was his exact words. I don't feel like there's a seat for me in church. And when I tell you from that day, yeah, those words never left my spirit. That my best friend has told me that he doesn't feel like there's a seat for him in church. So even at the party, yeah, those words were still in my spirit. My friend don't feel like there's a seat for him in church. So I go home and then my whole plan was how do I get him back into church? Not knowing that God had the huge plan. We will not be here today if not for the detour that was designed. Where are thinking, God, what next? I thought I'll be an influencer like Steph Curry, like, like, like you know the ones that you go play, then use your platform to give him praise. He said, no, I don't want you to be an influencer. I want you to influence the influencers. I'm an example of something that looked like it was against me. Family, the detour is designed. Don't for once think otherwise. The detour is designed. So after God led them round a roundabout way, look what it says in Exodus 13, 20, 21. Exodus 13, 21. Exodus 13, 21. Exodus 13. What's the verse? Exodus. One last time. Okay, it's taking a bit of time to come on the screen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so the Bible says in Exodus 13, 20, 21, that the Lord went ahead of them. The Lord went ahead of them. My next point. In a season of something new, God will always go ahead of you. God won't ask you to go where he won't guide. God won't ask you to do what he won't pro, pro, provide. The Bible says he goes ahead to, make, to level every mountain, to make every crooked path straight. God will always go ahead of you. In a season of something new, God will always go ahead of you. Then it says it like this. He guided them. Next verse. The Lord went ahead of them. He guided, everyone say guided. guided. Them during the day with a pillar of cloud and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the, the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire from its place in front of the, pe of, the, of the people. What this verse is saying is God went ahead of them but it also said that God went ahead of them to guide them, to show them the way. That tells me that God only goes ahead of you to guide you. He's not just going ahead of you for, just to go ahead of you. <coughs> He's going ahead of you to guide you. My next point. In a season of something new, be led by the guide. And what that guide is, is the word of God. His guide is his word. 
we have to be led by his word. Because he's gone ahead of us and he has shown us the guide in his words. The reason why he's put in his words for you to pray for your enemies is just so that you won't, you, you won't live a lifestyle where you're playing tit for tat and have people have power over you, but you're able to love, so you're able to execute the purposes and plan that he has for you. He's gone ahead of you and said, bro, the reason why I want you to stay pure until you're married is because, bro, trust me, anything outside of this, it just opened the, the door for disease, dysfunction, and unnecessary emotional ties that you are supposed to have. We have to be led by the guide. The reason why he says in his word pr to pray without ceasing is because he knows that the enemy has an agenda. And day after day, he comes trying to devour us. The Lord goes ahead of you. But he only goes ahead, ahead of you to guide you. We have to be led by the guide. And his guide is his word. Look what it says in Psalm 119 verse 105. It says it like this. Your word, everyone say your word, word. is like a lamp that guides my steps. A light that shows the path I should take. The scripture is saying we don't have to be confused anymore about what to do. If you want the answer, it's in his word. Let his word guide you. And his word would guide your steps. If you see the word steps in the Bible, it means... Um, Choices. The Lord will literally guide what choices you are supposed to make. His word is a lamp that guides my steps. This room can be dark. The world can be dark. The season of my life can be dark. If I don't know what step to take, the Bible says look into his word. I may not see the whole stairs, but it will show me the next step. I, 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 I. Because his word is a lamp that guides my step. And a light that shows the path I should take. Be led by the guide. Be led by his word. His word ain't just a suggestion. It's telling you, trust me, this is the best route you should take for your life. Be led by the guide. So now, yeah, the Lord has gone ahead of them to guide them. Exodus 14 verse 1 says it like this. Then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses. Order the Israelites to turn back and camp by Pihiroth between Migdal and the sea. Camp there along the shore across from Bill Zephon. Then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. They are trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. I have planned this. Hear this. I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh. Now pause. God is saying that he had planned this to display his Pharaoh, to display his, his glory through the enemy and his army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am Lord. So the Lord is saying that, yo, like, the Israelites will, will, will come, like, heavy. But don't be afraid. I'm the one that's about to make them come. 
it may seem like you're trapped by your enemy, but it's planned. Like, I'm even using them. My, my next point, in the season of something new, the things that seem to be against me are actually for me. I'm going to say that again. The things that seem to be against me are actually for me. Them laying you off of your, of your job, you thought that was them just trying to make your life sad? That was God trying to redirect you into purpose. You think that man or that girl leaving your life is to cause your heart to break? No. God has seen that they're about to waste your time. But it's easy to think otherwise. The Bible says that the Lord said, I'm going to let Pharaoh and his army chase you. But trust me, I'm the one that's saying that they should do that. <laughs> the things that seem to be against you are actually for you. Look at what it says in Romans 8, 28. And we know, everyone say we know, yeah. with great confidence that God, everyone say God, God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all, causes all things to work together. This is not just the things that are good. These are the things that are bad. These are the things that are messy. These are the things that may have broken your heart. These are the things that may have caused you pain. Scripture is saying, I don't know about you guys, but for me, what I do know, not that I, not that I, I, I know, but I know that I know with a great confidence that God, who is, there's a reason, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all, in fact, everyone repeat after me. And I know that God, who is deeply concerned about me, causes all things to work together for my good because I love the Lord. And he has called me according to his plan and purpose. The next time things that you, that you don't feel like is for you, repeat this. That I know that even in this situation, Lord, you may even be, you can even be crying. But God, I know that you cause all things. I have no reason why my dad left at a young age and I'm here trying to fight the thoughts. But God, I know that you cause all things. I don't know why they let me go after the years that I put in. But God, I know that you cause all things. I don't know why I was falsely accused. I don't, but God, I know that you cause all things to work together for the good because I love you and I am called according to your plan and purpose. Family, trust me. All things are working for your good. Don't let this be a scripture that you read. Let it be a revelation that you live by. That God, I know. That all things, they can sack me. I can cry. But I'm going to praise you in tears. Because I know that God, you cause all things to work together for my good. So now, the Egyptians, like the Lord said, chased, up, chased the people of Israel with all their armies. And look what it says in Exodus 14, verse 10. So as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked. 
when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. And they cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, Moses, bro, why did you bring us out here for us just to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? Moses, what have you done? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you that this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone, Moses. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It is better to be a slave in Egypt than a, than a, than a corpse in the real, real wilderness. Now, pause. These people used to pray to God, God, set me free from this. And now they faced a bit of, of something. And they were like, God, you should have left us where we were. But this is how the enemy will sometimes play on your mind. When you've stepped out of the old and the new seems to be a bit some way, he makes you want to go back to something that is more comfortable. The alcohol that you left. Getting high that you left. And right now you're trying to escape life. So God, I, I need a spliff. <laughs> because the enemy would the e enemy always makes you miss what used to kill you my next point my, my next point in a season of something new don't allow the enemy to make you miss what used to kill you don't go back to that relationship because you're bored there's a reason why you left But because you've been single for a, a little... Oh. Oh. And, 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 and what the enemy does is he will remind you of that one good day. <laughs> and then you start to make excuses. Maybe, maybe they're not that bad, you know. Maybe all, all I need to do is, is pray with them. Maybe the Lord is using me to change them. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he's using me to change them as if God needs you to date them in order to reach them. But the enemy, when you're in a season of something new, he will let you reminisce on the things you ask God to set you free from. Yeah. And now you're free. You're like, I would rather just be that. Because God, there's so many fine girls. I'd rather just be out here slinging. Can I be real today? Yes, I'd rather be out here slinging than know that, God, you've made this powerful tool for me to express it to the love of my life in marriage. But because I'm uncomfortable saying no to my own self, yet you call yourself a man wow. or a lady. I'm a man because I can get whoever I want. That statement in itself lets me know that you are not a man. Yeah. Because the Bible says that a person without self-control is like a city with broken walls, vulnerable to attack all the time. 
You're sleeping with fine girls, you're, yet you're sleeping with demons. It's always easier. It's easier to lie. It's easier to walk in pride. It's easier to do the thing that he's not asked you to do. And when you are becoming something new, the day it gets uncomfortable, the enemy will say, brother, you might as well just go back. But family, don't allow the enemy to make you miss the very thing that used to kill you. These people prayed for God to set them free. Now they're saying, God, just let us go back. Don't allow the enemy to make you miss what used to kill you. No wonder why he had to take them around the long way round to develop something in them. Because it's possible to have left Egypt, but Egypt not have left you. God had to change their mindset. This is why he took them the long way round. The detour is designed. Just so that you won't miss what used to kill you. So now they're saying all of this, right? Look what Moses said in Exodus 14, 13. Exodus 14, 13. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord. Everyone say the Lord. Rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never ever be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. You just need to stay calm. My next point. In the season of something new, remain still. Sometimes the best move to make is no move at all. And watch the Lord himself fight for you. Watch the Lord himself be your provider. Watch the Lord himself be your shield. Remaining still is not... Is not it, it, it don't mean be lazy. That's not what he's saying. But he's saying have a posture of stillness. Let your soul be still. Don't be worried about things left and right. Calm yourself. Moses says, don't be afraid. The Lord will fight for you. Then the next verse is very interesting to me. Because after Moses says, you look, the Lord himself will fight for you. Look at the next verse. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Now pause. I question that because that, that didn't make any, any sense to me. Because I don't see where he cried out to you. I saw him literally saying to them, you lot stand still, God will fight for you. Then the next verse says, God responds to Moses and says, why are you crying out, out, out to me? Now, that lets me know, yeah, that there's a verse that is missing in the Bible. Because in nowhere did I see Moses cry out to the Lord. If anything, he's letting the people, he's giving them hope. So this is how I pictured it in my, in, in my head. Israel, trust me, the Lord himself will fight for you. Stand still. God, I, I, I don't know if you heard what I just said, but we're literally standing in front of a sea and... I know you know that me and the man them like, like, like we can't even swim. So I don't even know. <laughs> because faith, sometimes faith ha has you in this, in this paradox, where you're saying God will fight for you. Well, I can't. I'm not even sure. You know. 
I said that you yourself will fight for them, but I don't know if you know, but we're standing at a sea. I don't know. Then the Lord says, Moses, why are you crying out to me? The reason why I'm letting you know that maybe there's a missing verse in the scripture is because do not, it's okay. Don't dehumanize yourself and make you think that you don't believe God because you have certain questions for God. God, I've literally told them you would fight. God, I'm not sure if you can do it. And to be honest, this, I really feel like this is where God wants us to be. Because God can't bless who you pretend to be. He can only bless who you really are. Don't become an almighty. The powerful prayers are the most, the, 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 the most powerful prayers are the ones that are the most honest ones. And that's what the Bible says, the heartfelt prayer of the righteous. It avails much. Bring your honesty to God. I genuinely feel like this is what happened here. Moses said, stand firm. The Lord himself will fight for you. God. I said it, and I'm believing in you for it, but if it don't happen, I'm just trying to let you know that I served you the best I could. And God would bring perspective to your questions. So the Lord said, Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Hear this. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Exodus 14, 20, 21. Then the Bible says, Then Moses raised his hand over the sea and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the Lord says, Moses, I need you to do this. Raise your staff. Raise your hand. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea. So Moses obeyed God without knowing what was about to happen. God did not say. He just gave him instructions to do. The, the Bible says Moses raised his hand and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into the dry land, which lets me know that God would not have opened up the Red Sea if Moses did not obey him. My next point, in the season of something new, simple obedience, it produces the supernatural. It's the simple obedience. Yo, bro, Wake, wake, wake up at five o'clock to pray every day for the next week. Okay. Why? Because I'm trying to speak to you about your day and tell you what train time you're supposed to take because on that train, I've put your helper on it and he will approach you. But because we don't obey the simple obedience. Yo, like, every, every day at, at nine, put, put your phone on don't dis disturb. Why? Because I know she's about to ring you and I know you're weak and I'm trying to be your strength right now so I don't even need you to hear it because I know that if you answer it, you'll go there and, you know, the night will get a bit long and, and sticky and now you have... It's a simple obedience. But we want him to do the grand things in our life without having simple obedience. 
him open up the Red Sea is a minor to God. But Moses, I need you to raise your stick. I need to lift your hands. The supernatural is me. The obedience is you. And we wonder why we don't see him move in our life. My question is, are you obeying him? What did he ask you to do? It may seem simple, but it's that simple obedience that would produce the supernatural in your life. In a season of something new, simple obedience produces the supernatural. The next verse, Exodus 14, 22. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Now, not only did the Israelites need to trust him to open up the sea, but they needed to trust God to keep the sea open. Because God, you can open it, and I can start to walk, and the whole thing would just... They had to not only believe God to open up the Red Sea, they had to believe God to keep it open. And I'm here to remind you, God won't start a work with you that he won't end. My next point, in a season of something new, God will not leave you halfway. He will never leave you halfway. You would always reach the end goal. You would always be the thing that he said you would be. You would always live the life that he's called you to live. He won't just open up the Red Sea and you're walking in it and have you think, think, thinking if he will keep it open. No, he will never leave you halfway. He that started a good work in you would bring it to completion and he'll perfect all that concerns you. God will never leave you halfway. The last verse says it like this and Exodus 14, 26. When all the Israelites had reached the other side, so they, they reached the promised land, the Lord said to Moses, raise your hand over the sea again. Then the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians and the chariots and the charioteers. Family, all I'm trying to say is this. In the season of something new, whatever that new is for you, you would reach there. But there's things that you're going to have to know. That the detour is designed. Don't allow the enemy to make you miss what used to kill you. Remain still. Remind yourself that God will never leave you halfway. He will bring it to completion. Don't be afraid of new. Embrace new. And forget all that. Because there's nothing compared to what the Lord is about to do in your life. He's about to do something new. Fam, let's rise to our feet. And let's pray. Because, like I said, new, I don't know how that, what that means to you. For some people, it's a new thing you're about to start. For some people, it's a new person you're becoming. For some people, it's a new idea. Whatever the newness is for you. And the enemy is trying to make you retreat back to what feels comfortable. We won't be the type of people that say, God, just leave us in Egypt. But we would be the people that say, God, take me to my promised land. 
if you would like to do something new with me, here I am. It's the season for something new. So let's lift our voice and pray to God.